Like I got suspended from school like five times in one year one time because I got in five fights in that year. Welcome to Push In, the Cinevic podcast. I'm your host, Joyce Klein, coming to you from the unceded territory of the Lekwungen-speaking peoples, otherwise known as beautiful Victoria, British Columbia, Canada. Our last episode stretched across the Pacific to a hotel room in Japan, where award-winning Cinevic producer, director, and photojournalist Arnold Lim was in quarantine as he prepared to cover the 2021 Tokyo Olympics. I had heard from friends that the story of how Arnold became a feature filmmaker was truly inspiring. Now that I had him literally trapped in a hotel room, I couldn't pass up the rare opportunity to delve deeper. Scene one. Welcome to Push In, Arnold. Oh, I'm so I'm so happy to be here. You know, being someone that's in quarantine right now, I'll, I'll take all the human contact I can get right now. You know, the usual path to filmmaking is you go to film school or you work your way up as a PA, but that's not how you did it. I want to know how a restaurateur with two kids ends up becoming a multiple award-winning photojournalist and feature filmmaker. My journey to filmmaking was very, very circuitous. And it started off actually with my work as a, as a sushi chef. I was a sushi chef at a restaurant, at a family business for many, many years. And uh, one day we had the opportunity to sell. My entire family took a chance and uh, we sold the restaurant. And essentially what we did there was we sold the job of myself, my mother, and my wife, all of whom worked at that restaurant, so that I could take a chance to become a visual storyteller. My wife put up her fingers when we had the conversation. She put up three fingers and then she said to me, Arnold, you have three years. You have three years to make it. And if you can't make it as a photojournalist, then I need you to squash whatever it is that you want to do and come back and do whatever you have to do, whether it's washing dishes or making sushi or cleaning the floors or whatever it is. And I made that commitment to her that day. And that was 13 years ago. I was fortunate enough to go to school for a year for photojournalism, come out and uh, I was fortunate to get a job right out of school. I was freelancing right away and then um, got a, a, a staff position. And then during that time, I was assigned an A&E story, an entertainment story, to cover an event called Real to Real, and it was a Cinevic event. So I called up the executive director, who I did not know at the time, his name was Brian Skinner, who's a good friend today. And I said, yeah, so I'm doing this story, can you just tell me about this event? It was like, for me, it was just like, I was going through the motions of doing another story that I was assigned that I didn't know anything about. And it was a music vi video competition, and he said to me that day, he said, yeah, so we have people who just drop in, you're randomly paired with uh, a musician, and you make a music video for that person. So I said, can I sign up? And he said, well, okay, sure. So he gave me the last song that was available. And I was fortunate enough on the screening day that we won the audience award. And from there, I was like, man, I am hooked. It was like, <laughs> uh, you know, drug mainlining right into my neck. I was just like, this is done. That time I shot that essentially by myself, me and the actors and with a DSLR camera with a 5D Mark II. I just went for it, and oh man, it's it's been an amazing, amazing journey since. Scene two. You have just finished your first feature, All in Madonna, that was nominated for seven Leo Awards. Now that you've made that leap, how would you compare shooting a short to a feature? Because that's a big jump. 
it is a big jump. You know what? It's one of those things that I don't think you completely understand until you've actually done it. Oh my goodness. You know, when I made a short, I thought, okay, you know what? A short is essentially, you know, six or seven shorts stitched together. You're good. You're good. But that's not what it is at all. The commitment and the challenge isn't five or six or seven times longer based on the runtime. It is actually like 50 or 100 times harder. And I'm not, I'm not exaggerating one bit. There were long stretches of time where I didn't sleep at all. Um, my average uh, sleep time was around two to three hours per day during the one month shooting time. We were so challenged by so many different things that happened along the way. And really, as saccharine as this sound, I will say this. I really owe the fact that this film was even made to the film community in Victoria and uh, Greater Vancouver Island and uh, in part to Cinevic because they really, really supported my film in so many ways. And I'm not saying that because I'm on a Cinevic podcast. I can say they made a tangible difference with the support that they offered. They offered me the use of their facilities to do auditions. Yeah, I had to use their equipment. And I stole their um, equipment coordinator, Daniel Carruthers, who was the DP uh, for a month. So really, you know, something like that to make on a $125,000 budget really takes the commitment of uh, of a village. And I'm so grateful that uh, Cinevic uh, wasn't part of that village for me. Scene three. I read a post, I think on Facebook, of yours that as a kid, you were always the last one picked for anything. Do you want to elaborate on that? Well, um, you know, I, I grew up in a, in a small community called Blue River, and it's a community of 250 people. Myself and my brother were the only Asian kids in that entire town. Now, this is going back 25 years ago. So you can imagine in that small community where I fit in which was not really at all. And I, I got in altercations at school all the time because people would pick on me when I was at the, I was just at my locker and people would slap me as they would walk by. People would elbow me. People called me racist names. There's a lot of that. Like I got suspended from school like five times in one year one time because I got in five fights in that year um, because they just suspend both people regardless of who started it or what happened, right? So they're just like, okay, you two got in a fight. You both are suspended from school. So I'd go home and tell my parents that I was suspended from school. Growing up in a family that's very traditional Korean and who really value education, and everyone values, most people value education at a very, very high level. But in Korea, it's very, very strict. And the way that they think about school is a little bit different than, than some people in different communities. And, and how disappointing that was for my parents and for me to have to see that. So I think that that's where my work ethic comes from. I think... Because in those times when I thought I should be seen as an equal, but I wasn't. And when I realized that I needed to work two or three times as hard in order to be seen as equal, that's when I think I learned that. And I still haven't answered your question, Joyce. And I know, and I know that. So, so, that's, so that's, that's where that came from back in the day. And that's where those comments came from because that was true. You know, people would, it would be off the cuff. You know, it would be things like, I remember this distinctly. I was walking across the field and this person goes, so uh, where are you from? And I said, um, so my parents are from Korea and I was born here, but uh, my background is Korean. And then he goes, so how many uh, corner stores do you guys own? And he said it as a joke. And at that time I laughed, actually. I laughed. Uh, you, know, you know, thinking back on it, it's like when that builds up over time, um, over years and years and years, 
to think about how that affected me. So that's the way that I grew up. And, and I'm not trying to put a sob story in front of you because um, I know that I live a privileged life and I, you know, living in Canada, I'm very grateful to live where I live. And I love Canada and um, I'm grateful to be Canadian. But sometimes there are challenges. And when you said that I was always last being picked, that was what drove me to be who I am today. And um, that post came from getting the opportunity to be signed by Integral Artists Agency. And I remember those moments back in the day when I signed with um, Integral Artists, and I never thought that an agent would want me. You know, I never thought that an agent would ever choose me. And it was only in that moment, after I'd signed the contract with them, that I felt like they chose me. And, and that made me feel something that I, I haven't felt in a long time, and I appreciate it so much. Tail Slate. Thanks for being so honest and sharing your personal story with us, Arnold. Thank you so much for having me today, uh, Joyce, and to Cinevic. I really appreciate the opportunity. Uh, Cinevic has been a great organization that's been very supportive of me and people of color and, and, and uh, over these years. And um, I thank you and your, um, the organization. And, uh, you know, I apologize for talking long. Um, good luck cutting this down to 10 minutes. And that's a wrap on Arnold. Join me, your host, Joyce Klein, for the next episode of Push In, the Cinevic Podcast.